My name is Shannon Beer. I am a nutrition coach and educator interested in the consilience of knowledge across disciplines, including science, psychology, philosophy, art and literature. The goal of this podcast is to bridge those disciplines and explore different perspectives in order to gain a greater understanding of myself, others and the world around us. Enjoy the show. Today I am joined by Danny, who is a personal trainer based in Bristol, who specializes in strength, health and mobility. Now, I first came across Danny after chatting to Dr. Philippa Diedrichs. Um, so we recorded a podcast talking about sort of body image, social advocacy, and Philippa actually sung your praises as being a, a fantastic trainer, because we were discussing how it can be difficult to work in an industry that is sort of overcome by diet culture and wanting to make a change wanting to promote health and well-being but also understanding that many people are seeking fat loss services and I know from my work mentoring other coaches that there is a sort of huge barrier to helping people in the way that coaches truly want in terms of you know I don't really want to pander to to this fat loss focus and I understand that it's maybe not the most helpful thing in the long term but this is what people want this is where the market is it's where the money is so I wanted to get Danny on board today because she is running a successful business as I say specializing in strength and health and even just looking at the language on your your website where you're talking about wanting to help people feel good in their body you know and we're not talking about changing their body per se we're not talking about yes or no to that it's not important to, to Danny's sort of mission which is um, again according to the website to help her clients love themselves again so I really wanted to talk to Danny about her approach her own journey and also how she is managing to, to run sort of a business that is focused on health and wellness and really truly helping people change from from the inside out so Danny firstly thank you for joining me for if we could start by chatting a little bit about your own experience and your education as a PT and how it sort of evolved from there. Yeah I think I've god there's already so much I can say just to kind of initially like I think you know it's probably important as well to give it back a bit of background in terms of like I guess where I started with this whole journey in terms of being a trainer and wanting to help people in a slightly different way is that like you know I, I've not done this my whole life at all um I actually started off in PR of all kind of industries um worked ended up kind of being an advertising director in London for many years and and I think over the years like I I talk about it quite openly actually on social and I talk about it to my clients like I struggled with an eating disorder for about 10 years I want to say like in terms of the kind of full circle where you go with it and I, that was kind of the starting point coming out of that and and even being in it and being a healthy but at the time lower weight let's say person actually being challenged on what I looked like and I, I'll never forget one experience where I think you know I'd gone through the eating disorder it was all about changing my body and through bullying and all various different things and then actually got kind of to a point where yeah I wasn't happy but I was slim and and got bullied again and so there was this constant kind of battle between what's right and what's wrong and and kind of in my job stressed running around like I did the whole London life I worked really late burnt out and I kind of got to a point where I was kind of cycling around in my career and the one thing I kind of tried to focus on constantly was this change like if I can change my body if I can change this thing about myself like if I can do this then 
everything else would be better. And, and I think I kind of had a moment where I kind of broke down, as a lot of people do. <laughs> it's very common. And I think I, for the first time, kind of realised that it was no longer about having to change my body. It wasn't about having to beast myself or having to do yoga and be more flexible or any of those things. And actually, that change needed to come from the inside and I could still have all the feelings I'd have with the positive side of exercise but I wouldn't necessarily focus it on that being the thing that changed what happened to me inside and then that's when it all kind of changed um and I kind of got in I'd always been into exercise in various different forms like as in terms of a release people would say like why do you run to work and I'd be like I don't really care about you know the the outcome of it from a physicality but actually just the mental release from it and what that gave me during quite dark periods I think in my life uh, so I went to PT school as I call it <laughs> um, kind of went through the very basic you know we kind of touched on like what that looks like and I think there's lots that can be said about that um, and qualified as a trainer and and then kind of leapt into this world and it you know it's not something I've done for ages but I think one thing I've always tried to do is and I say ages like you know five plus years now um is kind of work through I guess what it is that I stand for as a person what I found through exercise and how that can help other people uh in return so that's kind of the start of the journey <laughs> Uh, and what really sort of stands out to me is how you mentioned that you were looking to change your body to sort of find a sense of control so the issue sort of being something else and, uh, and you know turning to your body to try and solve some underlying feeling and you also notice that even when your body had to change the way that you felt hadn't because potentially that wasn't the problem in the first place you know and that's something that I find very common with clients who are coming to, to change their bodies is that you know there's something else going on and it is that sort of mechanism of control you know well, I can control what I eat I can control the movement that I do and that can soon become problematic as you say and what I love about what you said is that actually there are like a number of reasons that you can still exercise I think that's one of the, the hesitations from a business perspective or even from like gyms you know why do they endorse fat loss challenges well surely that's the only reason people are coming to the gym it's like well no there, there are so many reasons that we can train that encouraging someone to appreciate their body where it is and not seek to to change it necessarily and actually to think about all the other reasons doesn't mean that people are going to stop exercising you know and actually they may be coming to you for, for something else which I think you as a trainer potentially and the client probably find a little bit more fulfilling so what I do wonder is when did you get to that point what happened where you realized you know what what I have been doing isn't working for me and I need to find a different way to approach things the point of change was definitely like back in my old career like and I actually saw a life coach as well and lots of stuff came out around how I wanted to help people but I kind of this this breakdown was just a case of going god like this isn't working and if this really and this hasn't been working for ages and something else needs to shift and if it doesn't like you will continue to live in this repeat pattern and, and that's what I lived in for years like lived in a repeat pattern and I always kind of I talk to my clients a lot about it like I'm very open and honest about my background where I've been and, and I think that's what's kind of needed and what I've, the reason I wanted to, I guess, go into this and be honest and talk to people and, and, and get it, like I get it. I've been in that world, like 
I've been, you know, everything from severely underweight to, you know, different shapes and sizes, particularly in terms of muscle, like my different trainings that I try. And I think bringing a bit of practicality to it all, I'm definitely, we'll probably talk more about this as I go on. Like, it's not about being a woo-woo and doing all of these things. And, but it's actually about creating something that's much more sustainable and much more real and comes from a place that is relevant to them. And, and that was what I did. Like, I just stepped back and I, I think I really realized that it was no matter how hard you could work at doing something, you were almost just running away from actually what was inside of you. Mm. So what changed first? Once you had this realization, how did you begin to take steps to, towards a different approach? It's tricky. I mean, I guess if we, we kind of look at, I guess, myself, first and foremost I did have an injury which was like a massive impact on that so I think I was I was on like a 24-hour trip to Milan and I coughed and my back went and it's just classic sign of like burnout not looking after your body probably too many hit sessions like all of this um and it so that kind of forced to slow down made me kind of go what else can I do and what is the feeling that I get from exercise and so I guess when it comes to you know putting that into practice with what I do now it's the same with clients like often it's about kind of getting them to slow down really think about what is that internally because the problem is we all just <laughs> love to run at a million miles per hour and we always like to think about what's next and we very rarely kind of take a second to kind of stop and think about it mm. Mm, I'm totally guilty of that and I think that's um, very common as you say with the mm. pressures that we're facing um, in the society that we live in that we are very conditioned to, to go 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 achieve do more and actually the thought of slowing down is repulsive to a lot of people which is really unfortunate when we think about the, the benefits that can come with that so you mentioned that you had that realization that you know what like this isn't working and something needs to shift and um, what are the signs that somebody may be um, potentially not looking after their body and signs that what they're currently doing isn't working so you mentioned like a bit of burnout what might that look like for someone do you know what I think everyone's different and I and you know you kind of talk about what was the shift in me and the change when I personally started looking after my body and working in a different way but actually like the shift then kind of how that applies into the work that I do is that it's actually understanding how everyone's different and burnout actually can look very different to lots of people. There are classic signs and I, I feel like, you know, we talk about them so much, they almost become invisible to us. Like everyone knows what burnout really feels like, you know. I think the, the big identifier to me whenever a client kind of comes in and she says something or he says something is, you know, they tend to walk in quite frazzled and they're quite like, oh. Um, and you can just see like this kind of lacking in energy, you know, and, and actually just cancelling sessions tends to be one, like if I'm talking purely from like a client perspective, like how I identify it. I think for people that are sat maybe listening to this and wondering if they are experiencing burnout, I, I almost say it's a feeling of kind of loss. Like you kind of almost, you're just kind of doing, you're maybe not quite feeling yourself and you can't quite put your finger on it. Um, and there's no real kind of passion and get up and go for things you're kind of like a bit of a robot <laughs> tends to be the way I explain it to people and people generally kind of go oh yeah because you know we're all kind of like we're so aware of like I feel really low today I feel like this I feel like that and actually kind of going do you know what I feel different 
is not necessarily having to put your kind of finger on an exact symptom of what burnout is, but it's starting to go, there is something that has changed and I'm not quite sure where it is. And, and that's when you need to start thinking how to shift that. Mm, I think as you say that characterization of like a lack of vitality, a lack of enjoyment and excitement and not quite feeling yourself, like knowing that something feels off is particularly common and you have a lot of clients starting in that position and that's how you can sort of identify you know what maybe we need to go about approaching things in a different way so what does that really look like for you you know firstly I think what does fitness mean to you I think could be a good place to, to start from if we're painting an eye a picture of like this is the ideal of what I try to achieve then perhaps we can work backwards and talk about how you can meet someone when they're in that frazzled um, position and help them shift towards towards this um, more positive sort of approach so yeah what does I'm just curious what fitness sort of means to you you know what I often like I actually try to avoid the word fitness interestingly a lot of the time with the work I do like I very much and you know it's there it's part of what I do um, but it's much more about movement for me um, and movement for me is about kind of an expression of one kind of values like what you value as a person. Um, and this might be a bit deep and a bit bold until I probably talk a bit more, but you know, you don't move. What are you valuing in your life? Like you're not valuing the outdoors, like you're not valuing maybe like looking after your body. So that's a real expression for me. Um, I think as well, like I've channeled a lot of things that have come into my life or happened to me throughout the years, like whether that's been loss of family members or kind of, you know, the depression eating sort of side of things and actually being able to express strength that I have and that I feel and I kind of really encourage that in people as well like you know movement is is not linear it is not one thing and it's not one thing to me like god if you looked at my Instagram channel ever like I do a plethora of different things and I love it like and I love that I've allowed myself the space to have that freedom and so yeah I think for me, it's all about the movement, <laughs> whatever that looks like. I think it really is important to emphasize that, as you say, that movement can look different for everyone because sometimes they get the impression like from the fitness industry, you know, from, from clients is that, well, if I'm not weightlifting, if I'm not powerlifting, if I'm not bodybuilding, then I'm not doing fitness right. And as you say, well, you know, maybe we should move away from the idea of, of fitness because it has sort of become a little bit tainted and, and, and loaded and consider yeah, movement, the way that your body feels, maybe something that you find enjoyable or even if it's not enjoyable initially something that as you say allows you to express your values whether that be strength or, or something else and what I love about what you said there is that actually through the way that I coach I incorporate like values-based work where we do talk about these things you know it does seem like from a client's perspective potentially oh like what has this got to do with, with what I'm doing and you're like well no actually we're just kind of getting at why this is important to you and how you want to, to be and how you want to live your life and how your movement and nutrition can help to support that and as you say people have families people have careers they have all these things that they've got going on that they're interested in and often you know it's very rare that an improvement in their health wouldn't benefit these other things that they also care about so helping people to find a form of movement where they can express this and work towards something greater you know something that's more important in their life I think can be a, 
serve as like a very healthy foundation and that's something that stood out to me and again just browsing through your website was how you talk about sort of like the power of body and mind so knowing that we're not coming at this from like an outsider's perspective of changing the body from the outside but actually creating change from the inside out so I wondered if you could speak to that a little bit like what that truly means to you I think um well, it kind of goes back to I guess where it all started but I guess the best example to give is you know there's such an array of clients that I work with and yes there are people that come to me about weight loss that is totally fine um but often what kind of happens or the journey that we go on is much more to your you do a similar thing like talk about values like people are very afraid of kind of of saying something different or feeling a different way and so when they enter into kind of this personal trainer world or movement world and and they want to you know lose some weight let's say as an example um generally it's never really about that um and and I think you have to respect not only their values but also the language in which they use so with the people that kind of come to me is like you know they they'll talk about this weight loss and they'll talk about this but actually we dig a little bit deeper without being like tell me what your values are, tell me what language you like, tell me that it's much more subtle. And it's about really kind of recognizing why they're saying that and challenging them on it, you know, challenging why, like, okay, you want to lose 10 pounds, why? Like, it doesn't matter why, but why do you value that? Why is that valuable to you? Or even you want to do a chin up, let's say, why is that valuable? And that might be the strength thing, like, you know, the power, like being able to show actually they can support themselves, like, particularly a lot of women that I work with and women that have had uh, kids, for them, it's a feeling of independence. Like they want to get chin up because they don't feel like they've, that's something they could ever do. Even though they've been a powerful, strong mum, like, you know, for 10 odd years of their life, like that's representation. That's something they value and that's why they value it. And as soon as you can create that connection with the why of why they want it, they start to understand. And either they kind of have a positive purpose for that or they change their way of thinking. I love that. Yeah, that, that value of independence, I think, um, is something that can come up a lot because, again, this is like something that an individual is doing to take care of themselves. And with that, I think we, you touched on how, you know, some clients do come to you for fat loss and that's completely understandable. Like, you know, we're living in, again, that kind of culture that perpetuates the idea where our, our bodies are a social currency. And, you know, if we just change the way that we look, then we're going to have all this success and so on. And that's something that I think I still continue to, to struggle with is not wanting to come across as belittling those desires or undermining those desires by telling people, you know, we shouldn't care about these things because that's what we've noticed in practice is that it's not truly about that when you get down to it at the core. But at the same time, that's often where people start. And I think there is this danger of when you become to be seen as someone who is like anti-fat loss that actually can turn off a lot of people who would truly benefit from your services. So I wonder if that's something that sort of crossed your mind before and how you may go about navigating that with people who, who do like feel pressure to, to change how they look. Yeah, I think, um, <laughs> see where I start with this one. <laughs> it's interesting because I, I respect it. Like, and I think you make a really good point that 
is actually who am I to belittle that and I've gone through a lot of work particularly in the past like I'd say two or three years where I've kind of played around with language and you know whether it's on the website or how I talk to people and kind of going I don't do weight loss I don't do fat loss no someone says to me they want to lose weight I'm like okay well body fat body composition I went through all these kind of different variations of like you know I I don't want to believe in that I want but actually it's out there and it's still out there. And the problem is if we take too much of a fast shift to kind of go, and I was to go, I'm not gonna do weight loss, but someone comes to me and I'm local and it's easy or a friend is with me and that and that's what they want. Who am I to turn around and, and not help them? And it's not a case of they're not ready for me to turn there and go, this journey is not gonna be about weight loss for you, but you're just gonna have to wait six months to find out. They're not ready for that, like at all. And so, it's kind of a lot of it comes down to that onboarding process, which I think is often missed. And I know you talk about it as well, like that kind of onboarding, looking at values, like, and and getting people without them kind of realizing to a degree what that difference is. And so someone, my favorite stories are like, I've got a few people that I work with at the moment and recently are, they have kind of been with me, maybe like, three four six months and they turn around to me and someone I think posted a picture about a month ago of them in a pair of jeans and then shared it with me and what I loved about the picture even though I really dislike uh, comparison pictures <laughs> is actually it wasn't a comparison picture it was literally her being like I look exactly the same in these jeans and I feel as just as great as them <laughs> as I did like six months ago and this was someone who six months ago was like I look awful I feel crap like you know, I want to lose some weight. And now all of a sudden she she's coming in and she's kind of going, oh, actually, she's like, Do you know what? I, I don't really mind the way I look. And, and so it's like, I think it's the setup in how you bring that person on board, how you help them unpick something. And I think movement is a great way of doing that. Movement is so expressive. It's so kind of uh, intuitive actually to how we feel that I think often you know, the indicating factors tend to change a little bit. Um, and and I love that. Like, you know, I love that part of my job. And, and rec- people recognize now that, you know, stress is different, but it's, you can't force it in people's faces. And you have to learn to be a little bit adaptable. <laughs> and, you know, and also it'd be okay. If there is value behind someone wanting to lose a little bit of weight, that for them probably is the only way they can express wanting to feel better. Because, that is what they see, that is what they know. They don't really quite understand the concept that they might be able to feel better without losing that weight, but they'll come to that conclusion along the journey as long as the the way that it's guided and supported is done from a kind of place of value. Mm, That's exactly it. And you'll often find as well for, for some people that when they do begin to change the way that they treat themselves, that their physical body may change as a byproduct. And sometimes I do feel like I'm being pedantic by saying hey you know we don't need to focus on the fat loss when knowing that it may probably occur for a particular client but I do think it's an important point to make because it's when that focus is on on fat loss or when the sole measurement of success becomes you know how many pounds did I lose this week and how is my body changing that can actually impede a lot of the work that you're doing by helping someone to sort of focus on their their values and their strengths and their independence which isn't measurable and sometimes is less tangible and I do toy between 
you know, sort of from a branding or a marketing perspective, coming up with like, this is sort of the, the things that we, we work on. This is sort of the approach in terms of addressing like body image and making it a bit more structured and a bit more obvious or just allowing it to unfold in an intuitive process because that is often how it manifests in, in practice is as you say, you have got someone starting with, you know what, this is why I want to lose fat. And you're like, okay, okay. And then slowly over time, they say things like, you know what, I am actually kind of feeling good about myself. And I do like how I feel in these clothes and nothing much has changed. I can't quite put my finger on what shifted here, but you can see these effects taking place. And that is something that I sort of toy between is wanting people to know that there are alternatives out there because I do think that that's part of the issue is thinking well you know all that's available to me is this aesthetic focused approach of course I'm gonna seek that out versus again oh you know what maybe this isn't working and I do need something different and this is where I go for that because I can see that this person offers something different so it's very difficult and, and as you say you went back and forth a lot about the type of language that you're using and and how you want to sort of portray yourself and and the change that you help people make um so yeah I I think it's important to to have that discussion and I know you touched on offline about how we're not encouraged to think this way you know in our training and um going through sort of PT school has encouraged a bit of a focus on aesthetics and I think breaking free of that is difficult for a lot of trainers from a a business perspective who are fearful of um, not running a successful business if they're not giving people what they want yeah I think it's so true uh like I you know I I toyed between like I've said the language that I've used like I was afraid and I think but I, the fundamentals, if I always comes back to values, if I sit down with what I truly believe in and truly why I do this, like I don't need to conform as per, like as clients do not need to conform to doing a certain thing or being a certain way, like neither do we as trainers. And you touched on it, but the PT school side of things, like I've got lots of <laughs> issues. I did it. So, you know, I'm, I'm from there, like, but, um, I think there's there's from the very beginning this kind of focus that you're tracking measurables. Your measurables are, you know, they talk about pincers to measure body fat and body fat. And, you know, yes, we have a bit more of a holistic approach. So don't just focus on the scales. Let's focus on like multiple things. But, you know, not once I think was I kind of told, hey, your case study could just be someone who's coming to you because they want to feel better. It could just be someone who has experience something whether that is quite traumatic in their lives and actually they just want to rebuild a bit of confidence and strength like you know they don't they don't teach that at that level and and the way that you're kind of given these very structured so you kind of said like how do you onboard clients like these very structured guidelines in terms of like this is a questionnaire you fill in this is a track you get this is what you do in the gym every week like it's way more fluid than that because we're kind of in this I think time where there are lots of trainers doing this maybe not brave enough to speak out but like we're way more fluid in terms of the people that are kind of what they're wanting like what they want to stand for like why they want to do something and I think the more that as trainers who believe in this because I think you need to believe in it and not just be something you want to market like you know the more we can stand up for that and allow that conversation 
I think the more actually we'll see people coming out and into gyms or outdoors or, you know, into running clubs, whatever it is that they're into, come out because they feel like they can access it. Um, and it's a hard, like I, you know, I'm actually trying to write some kind of post PT school course on it at the moment um, to, to help people feel like there's not just one linear approach to all of this. That's amazing. And actually kind of blew my mind a little bit when you said that there is not a single case study that says, hey, someone's coming to you because they want to feel better about themselves. Why is that not included in like the program? How do we not know how to address that? And I think that speaks to potentially why a lot of coaches and trainers don't know where to start when they do have clients like that who you know what I just want to feel like myself again how do I quantify that how do I measure that how do I know that what we're doing is working and as you say in practice it is a lot more fluid and I think that relying on like qualitative data where someone can just talk to you about how they're feeling counts as a measurement of progress when you're able to identify okay what does this client want and this is what I find so interesting about this approach is that it's a lot more personal you have to know what's important to a person you have to know how and why this method of training or the nutrition changes are improving their life which requires knowing what they care about and and what they want and what their sort of end goal or even just like vision that they're moving towards is so it becomes a lot more personal and once you understand that then it's easier to recognize signs of progress because this client has told you what's important to them so when they're developing more confidence when they're expressing their values that's something that you can keep an eye out for and reflect back to them it doesn't have to be hey this is how many pounds we lost this week oh look how many measurements have gone down like awesome there are other ways to monitor and measure progress outside of that but it does require a lot of effort in part of you know actually developing a relationship with the person that you're working with and understanding who they are and and what they want for themselves and then once you understand that you know how you can sort of best support that so I do think that's um, particularly interesting because from my experience like mentoring other coaches that is something they struggle with what if I'm not focusing on fat loss how do I know that this is working yeah and I you know I think it's it's interesting because what was it I've never I've never had the ambition of being like some global you know yes I try to write a book daily about things um but I do spend a lot of time thinking about because I think there is a big personal touch but like how this can become more accessible to other people um how to have that approach that just means that more people feel okay with doing it and trying different things and it doesn't take you know it takes time it does like but that's where true change comes and you know, the, I think the big problem, and I was listening, I think, to a podcast the other week and talking about something similar, where there's this huge problem as well, where you've got all these, like, big access, like, lose weight, or even now, like, there is a lot of feel-good language coming out um, in certain channels, and but it's so generic. And when you're someone who's coming from a place of, you know, not feeling great about themselves probably the worst thing you can do is do something generic that's built for someone who's let's say in their mid thirties, wants to lose a bit of weight, feel a bit fitter. Like that's not what you need. Like, you know, if you relate it to, and I'm not saying, God, I'm a therapist at all, (laughs) but if you relate it to something like, okay, you want to go through some talking therapy for something like you're not probably going to sign up to a big program that just says it's going to make me happier. That's not always going to work. Like, 
you need that kind of slightly personal touch. And so I think the more that trainers can have access to that kind of information and understanding of how to manage things and not always think like, how do I write a course that I'm going to sell to, you know, 10 million people? <laughs> no, I never know. I might write a course that sells to 10 million people, <laughs> um, but I hope it will always stay personal, you know. Super interesting because like you said, this the sort of sexy stuff, the, the promises of quick results. That's the kind of thing that does gather attention and looks like it itself whether or not it works it seems to get people in the door a lot of the time and I think that when you are someone who values something slightly different in terms of like I genuinely just want to help people to feel better about themselves like those types of people tend to be a little bit hesitant when it comes to the marketing side of things because they're not out to make a bunch of money super quick they're like oh no you know I'm just trying to help so with that it's unfortunate that there seems to be a bit of a block where you find that the people who are really good at what they do um tend not to have the they're not the loudest voices they don't have the the most reach or the best sort of as I say marketing skills and I actually spoke to someone recently who works as a sports psychologist and he said that there is a bit of an ethical dilemma because you can't promise as a, a psychologist this is interesting because you touched on the therapy you can't promise that oh, I'm going to fix all of your problems you know or this is 100% guaranteed to work because that's not actually the case but then how do you go about marketing when you can't promise I'm going to change your life even if you do make a big impact you know we know from an ethical perspective that we can't promise these things but he also said that as someone who holds these values and who has a lot of knowledge and has the ability to greatly impact people's lives you have an ethical duty to out market the people who maybe don't have the best intentions or who are potentially causing harm and that made me that was like a reframe that really opened my eyes because up until this point I've kind of ignored the business and the marketing side of things being like no I don't need to look into that I just want to help and it feels a little bit sleazy and I just, yeah, I have some kind of aversion to it. But then when I viewed it as, oh, you know what, actually, you have an ethical duty to distribute your sort of message or your voice to speak over the people who, you know, potentially don't have, as I say, other people's best interests at heart, um, that that really made a lot of sense. And from a, a business perspective, and this is sort of a message to other coaches out there who may have doubts about this, I had the, the thought, you know, if people can sell stuff that doesn't work because their marketing's great, surely you cannot fail if you're selling something that genuinely does work and is actually supported by the research, you know, indicates that this is the approach that's probably the most sustainable, is the most beneficial from a physical and a psychological perspective, genuinely improving people's well-being. How can you fail when you're trying to make that shift? Yes, you're speaking against, you know, the um, cultural sort of rhetoric that supposes other things, but once you overcome that barrier, surely you cannot fail, given that this is actually probably most likely to, to make an impact in people's lives. So I wonder if you went through a similar sort of thought process there. It's actually like as soon as I changed a lot of the language on my website, like, you know, and I'd, I'd say to anyone, particularly anyone starting out, like sit with your sit with your language, like because you know, we all evolve and we all change. Like, But it was interesting as soon as I really sat with what do I value 
and that language that then is portrayed through that, the, the clients that kind of came out and got, and got in touch and wanted to train were all the clients that I, I kind of wanted to help. And, and yes, some of them were like weight loss clients and this, but they, there was more depth and there was more layers and, you know, and I think that's really exciting and it, and it is a leap. And I actually, I also, I kind of consult and help manage some studios. Um, and a lot of the work we've done as well is just around kind of, you know, the Pilates studios, so it's slightly different discipline, but actually just taking a brave step to say something different and be really true to what you stand for. Like, you know, we often say there, and I say in my business that I would rather like, say I don't agree with this you know there was an analogy the other day like you actually challenge and you say something like I shouldn't really like that or don't really agree with it and you're the only person in the room and then you know two people might come up to you and be like I totally get that I agree with you I'd rather speak to those two people who genuinely understand and want change or you know, value kind of where I'm coming from than the 18 other people that are in the room. And that's actually when you start to build more valuable relationships, like you tend to find you have a much more sustainable, not only business, but sustainable relationship. And those people are also willing to invest in that because they understand that you share those values with them. And so I think like I took a step and it felt kind of awkward, but it also felt very true to me. And I'm not like a big woo-woo person, but (laughs) a lot of people make fun of me for it. But I, you know, I think it's about finding that balance and having trust in yourself to do it. Absolutely. I think it's so important as a a coach or a trainer, given that you are in large part, like you are your service. um, I think getting really clear on what you want to stand for is super important because that's going to translate into the work that you do. And as you mentioned, once you do do that, you begin to attract the kind of person that really resonates with what you're saying and is likely to be super on board with what you're doing and knowing that you're working to a similar end goal. And I find that that's often what happens with clients is like, yes, they have these sort of um, motivations to want to change their body, but there is that sense that, you know what, what I have been doing isn't working. I know I kind of need something new, but I'm also afraid and I don't really know what that looks like when you, you know, they meet you, they come across you and the message that you're portraying. They're like, oh, that, that's the missing piece. That's what I've been looking for. But it takes, as you say, a, a confident person, someone who is very assured in, in what they're doing and why they're doing it. It takes that first. So what I've noticed with coaches is that as they begin to explore more about what health really means, how they can develop their services beyond just the the general sort of prescriptive approach. They're like, oh crap, yeah, I realized that all of these things are important. Now I'm at that stage of, you know, how do I actually attract the client who wants to work on these things? And often, often what you'll find is once you clarify your message, again, it starts with you. 
like not seeking to attract the right clients, but just being very clear about the message that you're putting out there. And then they'll sort of come to you. But also knowing that just because someone wants what you're offering doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to be a smooth journey or they're not going to be blocks along the way. So I wonder if that's something that you've experienced with your own clients is like, yes, they're, they're very interested in um, understanding more about health and how they can express their values through their movement. But I wonder if these blocks and maybe doubts and resistances do come up along the way, again, given the, the culture that we are exposed to. Yeah, I think um, if you, I think you're talking about kind of, yeah, for clients going on this great journey and then they're just like, no, what is this? Why am I doing it? I haven't lost any weight. <laughs> they kind of revert back. Yeah, like that comes up, like we're all human beings. And I think I even wrote something the other day, like as much as I sit here and I talk about, I love my body and it's great. Like it's, you know, I, like I have crap days. Like, you know, I have days where I feel awful. Like the past week, I'm just like, what is wrong? And and that's normal. Like, and I think we have to be aware that that's going to happen and, and then find the tools to, to how to manage that. And so what I often do with clients when that does come back up, you know, I feel a sense, like I take things on board and I go, oh God, I'm not doing a very good job. Like they don't like this, they don't like that. And actually it's just about having a real conversation and you know more often than not one of the things that I do with the kind of all clients is we kind of like call it education awareness and connection so education like they should always feel like they're learning and there's kind of those feedback and those touch points uh connection like it's something as simple as you know I can talk about the mind-body connection but very simply looking at um how they can create more connection to their body through might even be foam rolling very basic thing but like honestly I've had so many clients cry when they've gotten on a foam roller <laughs> because they they feel something that they haven't felt and then awareness and being aware of aspects outside of training and the gym and what they've eaten maybe um although that definitely plays into it but being aware that okay you're feeling this way like what's happened generally you find that they haven't slept very well something's happened at work maybe something happened in their personal life. And so when those doubts do come up, rather than kind of be like, oh no, I don't know how to manage this. You, you have the conversation with them. You won't get them to understand that like, hold on a second, without them even realizing, you're like, oh, how much water have you drunk every day this week? They're like, oh, haven't we drunk any water? And you're like, oh, did you, did you get any sleep? Like, how's your sleep? Oh no, I fell asleep on the couch three nights. And you're just like, so like, can you see? And they're like, oh yeah, I can see why I'm being this way and why now I've just gone straight back to like negative mindset because nothing in my life actually was feeling good for me. Um, tends to be the best way, the way I find works with people the most. Mm. <clears throat> Highlighting those sort of external factors and the common tendency to blame our bodies when something's off it's like oh it's because I don't look right you know whereas actually as you say it's like well how have you treated yourself this week you know what else is going on and I think you made a really important point there how it's normal you know even as a trainer in this position to still have like days where you're a little bit off you know because I've spoken again to a number of coaches who once they learn more about this, then feel like an imposter because they're like, well, I haven't got my shit together 100% of the time. And so, but that's not the point, you know, because again, we're not promising that everyone's going to feel great about themselves every minute of every day. That's not actually how it works. It's more so about having that level of self-awareness of knowing what 
sort of your triggers are or what the signs are that you're slipping back into old patterns or just unhelpful ways of thinking and behaving that actually it's about developing that skill set to allow you to regulate yourself in those moments so again it's not preventing quote unquote bad days from ever occurring but just knowing what to do and how to manage those days when they arise and I think when coaches can wrap their heads around that as oh actually that's sort of what I'm working towards that impossible issue sort of fades away because you're not portraying yourself as someone who has their stuff together all the time or who you know has the perfect quote you know quote unquote perfect body image or relationship with food or relationship with exercise it's just knowing what it feels like to work on these things and to be in that position you know alongside your clients rather than putting yourself as this is the idol who has it all sorted I think that's a really important distinction to make Oh, I think it's like, it's so important. Like the more we can kind of be honest and open about what's happening in our lives. I think this kind of sense of like, you know, they have this working relationship with someone. And I think absolutely you have a working relationship with someone like you are a professional in your field, but that we are still humans. And I just, I'll never forget someone told me once to like not have personal conversations, like very early on in my career, like not have kind of personal conversations with clients. And I was like, but actually like that is so important because they need to recognize that they're not the only ones feeling this way. And that is totally okay. I actually probably about two months ago, I had to text three of my clients and just be like, I am so sorry. I need to take the afternoon out. You're not going to get my best self. Like I'm telling you essentially, like I'm taking a mental health afternoon because I just need that. And there wasn't anything drastic wrong with my life nothing was really bad I just needed to be by myself on the couch and and so I think even by doing that I try and encourage other clients to feel that way and obviously you know they don't, they don't want any clients to text me like an hour before a session being like I can't cut but I want them to feel like they can have that conversation and not feel and I think it's really important is to not feel like I always talk about people that say want I, I want to come to the gym or I, I have to come to the gym or I've got to go to the gym later like I don't want a client to turn up and say, oh, I have to go to the gym later. Like, I want them to want to come because they know it feels good to them. Mm. You mentioned sort of like modeling that behavior from how you would like your clients to treat themselves and actually setting that example where, you know what, like it is okay to take these days, take these breaks, and actually it's in the service of your work together because you do want to show up for people and to offer them you know the the session that they deserve so I think if more coaches did that were sort of brave enough to to do that that I think it would be mutually beneficial for a coach and, and for a client and that I guess is a really great example of living by your message you know the whole point is to take care of yourself like physically psychologically even socially and sometimes setting those boundaries is an important part of that and I think again that helps to address the sort of imposter feeling it's like well no when you do live by that and you are taking care of yourself like that's all that you're 
helping others with you know so there is no sort of this is where I'm at and this is where you're at and I'm going to help you to get here it's like no we're all just like working on these things like alongside each other I think that's a, a much healthier perspective otherwise you end up creating a rod for your own back and that probably leads you further away from from where you really want to be one thing that you speak to a lot is sort of life outside of the gym and how you know the movement that you do in the gym can really support other areas of your life so what might that look like to, to someone that was really I, you did like kind of mention this question and actually that was really tricky um you know I, I see I, I enjoy going to the gym not everyone does you know I, I wasn't born that way I just kind of found things that I I didn't I like so you know it's a place that I love and and I think you know, whether it's in the gym or outdoors, if you are participating in some kind of movement, you should enjoy it really. It shouldn't come from a place of hate. I think when it comes to life outside of outside of that, it's it's feeling for a lot of people I work with, and I think for myself, it's feeling capable to do the things you want to do. And that's often what I talk to people about, like very much at the beginning, like, okay, what would what would this kind of feel like or what would it look like? So I want to be stronger. What what does that look like? Like what is that in 12 months? And, you know, it might be like, I can actually run after my kid up a hill. Like I've, I've got a puppy, like I can chase after it or, you know, I can sit at my desk and get up at the end of the day and not, and not feel in pain. So lots of it does come back to pain in the body, mm-hmm. stress in the body. Um, for me, it's, yeah, feeling like I move, feeling like I experience the world, like, and that, you know, <laughs> when I get older, it's such a classic one. I can pick myself up, like, if I fall over, I, I've got the strength to still look after myself. And so it can be really like so many things to different people. And for me, it's just a strength that knows that I can keep moving through every day and enjoying it. And it, as most of my clients and closest will know, you know, I love a glass of wine. I love going to the pub. I like going out for dinner. I, you know, and I love movement and I can have all of that. And I can still achieve things and I can still have this balance and it doesn't just need to be about, I'm going to be here to do this because there is so much more. You'll know, you've read a lot of my stuff. Like there is so much more to our worth than simply looking a different way and being able to do one thing. That's so funny because I think it's it's really important to sort of clarify what health means to you because that is that common, you know, aren't you a trainer? Aren't you a nutritionist? Surely you shouldn't be eating that. Like you do get those comments from people or, you know, oh, I bet you don't do this. You're like, of course I do. <laughs> of course I do. It's not about that. So I think, yeah, coming from that place where you're very clear on what health means to you and you have a strong understanding of your values and the message that you want to, to promote, I think it really does start from within. And once you clarify that within yourself, you end up sort of behaving and almost like emitting this sense of, okay, this is what's truly really important to me. And this is what I like to help people with. So I just think it's, it's funny that, again, you mentioned doing these other things that may not be considered quote unquote, like healthy or, or whatever, but that depends on your definition of health. And actually it is about this more. I, I don't like using the word holistic, but I think people know what you mean when you say yeah. holistic. And, you know, it's just this more well-rounded approach that considers 
health in the, the broader sort of sense of, of the word. I think helping people to, like your clients, to view health in a, in a similar way or how that looks to them is super important as well, whether they feel like they're doing the right thing or, you know, when it comes to eating certain foods or allowing themselves to actually have a bit of fun with their friends, you know, that could be part of a healthy lifestyle. So I think, as you say, it really does start with that that work from from within so I wonder whether you had any advice for a coach or a trainer who's in this position now where they're like "Mm, you know what like I have been doing things a certain way I know that actually I truly care about again just helping people to feel better about themselves as a whole how do I go about making that shift in my business um I think the the biggest things is define what your values are and there's so much like you'll know this as well there's so much out there in terms of like what are those values um and you know you could spend a lot of time on that (laughs) go through that and kind of start to pull out the language language that means something to you and then alongside that kind of almost look at like what's your kind of training your health like what do you genuinely enjoy like you know every you know there's a trainer out there for every person you don't need to be for every person and so the people you're really going to help are the people that you feel will resonate with with what you kind of do and what you're really good at um so I think being really clear on that and just putting it out there because worst case scenario especially nowadays someone sees it they don't like it so what like and take steps is probably the final point so you know I don't there'll probably be another reiteration of the language or the way my website looks but don't feel like it all needs to be perfect you know your clients are on a journey you are probably on a journey yourself <laughs> allow yourself to go on that journey and so if it takes time for you to build language and to build and define who you are or what you want your offering to be allow it to be a bit fluid I think it's definitely something you know I was I'll be honest like I was a bit kind of like god you know I talk about my career and where I've gone and I've done kind of talked before but I always kind of get a little bit like why is someone asking me like I'm not backed up by loads of research like I'm not (laughs) anyone that's got these like super high qualifications but I've always kind of tried to be quite fluid and I think the more open I've been with myself and with people and allowed this kind of evolution the, the kind of the stronger the message has gotten and business so that's the bonus. <laughs> well, that's really interesting because it's like, what do people care about at the end of the day? Because I think, again, there are a lot of coaches out there. Well, I don't have like the, the PhD in this to, to speak about health and, and what it means to support people. Like, isn't that what people want? It's like, well, actually, at the end of the day, like, yes, those things can be valuable in certain circumstances, but people just want someone who understands them, who genuinely has their best interests at heart, who cares about their well being. And once that becomes obvious to someone, like that's what's going to that's the buy-in you know that you're you're offering it's like actually I just genuinely care that's what people want you know how common is it to actually have a a space like where you can go to someone who genuinely has your best interests at heart and who is ready to to listen to you you know on a daily or weekly basis who's there for you that's ultimately what people are looking for and I think once you're able to offer that 
then you can be sort of confident in your abilities to, to help people to achieve what it is that they're, they're wanting to achieve. Again, obviously these other things can be important and they can help, but I think when your sort of intentions are true and you know you genuinely care, that resonates with people. And that's kind of almost impossible to, to hide. It comes through. Yeah, I think um, a, a good exercise actually that I kind of say to people sometimes is, like find an advert or a slogan or something that someone's doing that really annoys you <laughs> or like I do it a lot with like imagery because I've got a big thing around like representation like imagery and that kind of um, side of it which I'm I'm trying to change at the moment in, in my own kind of branding and imagery but like find that and then create something that's completely opposite so like if you could take that you hate it you really disagree with what it's saying like you know like what would be the opposite so like someone recently was like there was a gym flyer that was like oh the beach body thing which you know is so out there so old school but still out there so what would you say that's complete opposite and like it will resonate with someone I love that that's such a great exercise I think I'm gonna gonna go ahead and do that my little folder of things I don't <laughs> agree with <laughs> here's what I actually think oh well, that makes sense now because again I think it can be very difficult for people to clarify these things so the more sort of prompts we have the better thank you so much for for joining me today if people want to get in touch with you um to actually learn a little bit more about what you offer or just have sort of more frequent contact um with you where would be the best place for someone to to go to reach out um either my instagram or my website probably so um it's just dannybtraining.com that's got my instagram links and everything on it so those probably the best places to go perfect and i'll link that um in the description as well well again thank you so much for joining me today no worries i've loved it thank you so much I hope you enjoyed that episode if you did feel free to share on instagram and tag me at shannonbeer underscore Check out the show notes to learn more about today's guest. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time. Mm-hmm.